0: Okay. Hello everyone. And welcome to the show. Today we have Feli Day with us. Feli is the CEO of Feli Day VA, which is a content repurposing agency that works with coaches, making money through their content to build an omnipresence and show up on three or more platforms using the content they already have, which sounds so smart. I can't wait to hear more about it. Feli, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: Good, good. Yay. Well, hey, so to start out, could you please share with our audience uh, some details about uh, maybe a bit of your background, who you are, and fill out the details of really what it is that you do?
1: Yeah. So my name is Feli. I am kind of the digital nomad life, kind of more expat style now, but I am from Vancouver, Canada, have traveled a whole lot around the world. And basically I wanted to start a business so that I could live in the sun. Because if you're from Canada, there's literally no warm places that you can live within the country. So I knew I had to figure out something to make money for myself so I could leave. Um, And I did a whole lot of gig work. Like I did uh, hotels, seasonal hotels, ski lodges, Mm -hmm. um, background movie extra stuff. And then found my way into VA work. And Mm -hmm. I started working as a general VA and then niched down pretty quickly into a content writing VA or content writer, uh, online content writer for different entrepreneurs. And I realized I really liked working with other entrepreneurs because I felt like they got it. (laughs) Yeah, Someone that never worked a nine to five, you know, it was like, no, I don't want to wake up at. 7 a.m. and work eight hours every day. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to be able to go to the beach at noon. Um yeah. So it was like definitely a long and difficult and a lot of the times muddy journey from VA to agency owner, which I know we're gonna talk about, but landing on content repurposing and content like everything content was kind of like the seed from the beginning, you know, that I just didn't know.
0: <laughs> yeah could you define content repurposing? Like, I think I know what it means, but just to make sure that everybody is on the same page with it, could you give us your definition of it?
1: Yeah. Um, Like if you find me on any social platform, you'll see like my big post being like content repurposing is not copy pasting because so many times I see people being like, this is my repurposing strategy. And they're just using like, a system like zapier or repur- repurpose io to directly copy like your tiktok video to your instagram mm-hmm. and that's not repurposing that's just redistribution right because if you were going to repurpose it repurpose to me means to create something new so okay. for us in the agency like we'll take say this podcast interview and we'll write a blog about it we'll write an email about it we'll write social media captions or create carousel graphics But also like you could take this and chop it up into short form videos, like reels and stuff, but then it has a completely different purpose and intention than the blog did in the start. So that's where it's like, it's not taking a TikTok and putting it on Instagram. It's like taking a TikTok and writing a blog post.
0: Oh, that makes so much sense. Okay. So I want to, want to dig in a little bit more for that -hmm. that, because it's so interesting. So what do you find uh, your clients or your prospects uh, believe about that? that you, that you basically need to squash for them so that they really (laughs) understand what this is?
1: Um, I would say that most of my clients like get and understand like repurposing and the value of it, but -hmm. for them, it's that they don't want to do it themselves. Like it's time consuming to create content, you know? And so if you can focus on only creating your core content, like your podcast or your YouTube videos, and then you can give everything else to someone else to repurpose, it's like such a a load off your shoulders. Right? right. But definitely in the beginning, when I was trying to figure out like my messaging and like who my ideal clients were, I got a whole lot of like, well, all you have to do is write the blog post and then you just copy paste everything else. So like, shouldn't I just pay you for the blog post? And I'm like, well, no, I'm giving you like 20 pieces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was, that was like, one of my biggest hurdles when I picked this as my niche. And I think now that repurposing is more known and more talked about, it's becoming less of a problem.
0: Oh, good. So do you, what do you, how do you work with somebody who comes in saying maybe they're afraid of losing their voice in this? If they're giving over uh, control over content to somebody else, um, what does that look like as far as keeping somebody's voice in there? we're
1: taking your words and creating content with it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like at no point are we writing things from scratch really. So it's like either something's being expanded on or cut down, like my clients can bring me basically anything that they want to have repurposed, right? But it's like, if you shared, let's say like one of those like five second reels where you share like five points, like five Mm -hmm. ways to or something, you know? And so then if we write a blog post, that's like five ways to, and it has like everything expanded, It's Mm -hmm. still going to have your voice because it's you saying it, right? Like, that's what we're pulling from. It's not us coming up with the content. It's your content.
0: Yeah. That I think is important because at least that's what I feel like I've come up against or even I've felt before too, thinking, I don't want to lose my voice in this and have somebody else, you know, even say the same thing, but do you get it? Yeah. And that's why, like,
1: that's why. We recommend that our clients have either like podcasts or YouTube videos as their like top of top of funnel for like the main one they're creating. And then we go down from there because it's literally your words that we're taking from.
0: Oh, look, could you expand on that more? That idea Mm -hmm. of having that as top of funnel and then how everything else filters?
1: Well, so like with the core content that you're creating, generally it's going to be something that you can't give to someone else. So like, you can't have someone else create your YouTube videos or record your podcast episodes because it has to be you. (laughs) Right. And so then from there, it's like, you get to focus on doing that. And that's like your most powerful piece of content. And from there, we get to break it down into all these other pieces of content that you can share across the internet. And it'll still be you because you said it.
0: Yeah. So when you started this, when you, when you identified, this is exactly what you want to do your niche. You'd said that the challenge was being able to communicate uh, that it isn't just copy and paste. Mm. (laughs) What, what other challenges did you have aside from that? And maybe it isn't even just um, the perception of what you're doing, but from the perspective of the business owner, what was that like shifting into this role of okay, now this is my agency. This is what I do. (laughs) Uh,
1: There was a lot of challenges for me, like mindset wise, when I, I kind of scaled to an agency out of demand. Like Mm -hmm. I at first was just a regular content writing VA. And then I got so much work that I hired a second writer to help me. And then I started offering Pinterest management and I was helping people with funnel builds because I'd been doing like tech things before. So I was getting referrals for that. And so when I started niching, like first I niched to like content agency and it was supposed to be anything content related. And I was doing like sales pages and email sequences. And it was always difficult mm-hmm. because people come to you with nothing and they'll be like, okay, create all my content. And I'm like, okay, but like, what do you stand for? Who are you speaking to? Like, And so mm-hmm. I was essentially doing content repurposing before I knew what it was because I was yeah. going through their content to Create new content, you know, like I was pulling from their examples and their testimonials and what they already had.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: there was a lot of blocks in my agency around A, like niching all the way down. I mm-hmm. kept saying yes to all the projects. And then B, like I had no idea how to charge myself because as a VA, I'd been charging like hourly. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden I had a team behind me. And so then I was trying to like charge project, but didn't know how to factor like profit margins and stuff. So there was a solid year of just like, what's happening with everything? <laughs> like, you know, it's like someone comes to me, can you do this? I'm like, well, yes, I can do it. Yeah. But it's not what I'm saying we do. You know, I'm online saying like, okay, we do anything content. We do interest management. We do content writing. We do copywriting. And then people are like, okay, well, can you write my landing page, but then also set it up? And I'm like, well, yeah, I can. But <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I think I struggled with saying no the most out of everything.
0: Yeah. So what my was, <laughs> right. I feel like <laughs> business boundaries are a big thing and we discover them when we keep butting up against them. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, what feels like the most hard won business boundary that you've established?
1: Not taking on every job that I could do. Yeah. Like for so long, it felt like the, you know, you're leaving money on the table. Like I can do this job. So why would I say no to it? Mm -hmm. And it's like because it takes away from like, my agency is known for this one thing and like, let that be it. And you know, I've I've like now got to the point where I have the reputation like this is what my agency does, and so when someone comes to me and says, "Oh, Valley Day VA, like what VA services do you offer?" and I say, "I'm not a VA agency." <laughs> before I'd be like, "Oh, well, I can help you with this, I can help you with that," and now I'm like, "No, that's not what it is." I have, yeah. I have a website, I have social proof, I have you know like so many places that you can look for the information, and it's all there. So I myself can't contradict all of my marketing, you know?
0: Yeah. So that that's so important. I feel like so many entrepreneurs start out and they get stuck in that and it starts with what you had said, that whole, like I'm leaving money on the table. So Mm -hmm. how did that shift for you of understanding you're not leaving money on the table? You're actually probably allowing for more money to come in in a more appropriate way.
1: Probably when I started to like actually systematize everything, maybe not systematize, but like automate, like my processes, you know? So like the way it works with us, when you sign the contract starts at the beginning of the month. Yeah, And so from there, it's like, I can't, I can't let someone sign whenever they want, you know, I like, we have set schedules of things. And so Mm -hmm. it was kind of when I started doing that, I was like, okay, I need to say no to everything else because it doesn't work and it throws off my team and it throws off our workflows, and then nothing's getting met. Where before I was doing like, okay, like you've signed, you've paid, we're starting now. In two weeks, I'll have a first draft, you know, and like, so it could be like, okay, whatever you brought to me, I could take on. And now I'm like, no, like, first of the month, work starts, nothing starts before then. If you don't have your stuff to me by the first of the month, it's not getting done, (laughs) you know.
0: Yes. Oh, can we talk about that a bit more? That mm-hmm. whole idea of working with clients when uh, you do have uh, a timeframe and what it's like communicating with a client and for them to understand the, the that you need things in order for them to get done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like when
1: I have a sales call with someone and again, when we onboard them, I make it very clear, like there's an onboarding form. It's pretty mm-hmm. in-depth, and it's for ninety days because our contract is for ninety days. So if you re sign, I'll resend it. And if information doesn't change, that's fine. But you also have a Google Drive folder. I need you to upload if you're if we're repurposing like videos, especially you have to upload your videos for me to repurpose them. And if they're not in there by the first, like you forfeited your month's worth of content. Mm-hmm. And obviously that that stipulation of if you don't upload your videos you don't get anything but you're still paying yeah like, makes them makes them meet the deadline but I also like send we have slacks so that we have like scheduled reminders like contents due, mm-hmm. and some people will like upload in bulk and so then I'm like okay like we've we've used everything in the folder like new batch you know mm-hmm. but People, people want what they're paying for. So, so far there's been no problems with people giving us what we need. But in the beginning, before I had this system set up, oh, it was a problem. You'd be like, Hey, I can't start because you gave me
0: two out of three videos. Right. Do you think, did that come from a place of just being afraid of maybe upsetting somebody and then they might leave or what did that look like?
1: I never wanted someone to have a bad experience with me. Okay. You know, it wasn't necessarily that I thought people would leave, but it was like, Mm -hmm. I want you to walk away happy. I want you to be satisfied with the work we've done. And so it was like, oh, like your child's sick. Okay. I'll give you like an extra three days. And I like, and in that way, like, yes, you can be accommodating and accept that everyone's human, but it's like, you still need to have those boundaries because it's like, what about my team? What about me? Like, you know, like nothing, like by giving that extra buffer, 72 more hours, it pushes everything. And then it's like when we're on monthly retainers where it's like, okay, your project restarts on the first, but if I push your project till the 20th, then we have two projects happening at once and it's overlapping. And then it's like, just so messy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So it's the implementation of systems, which actually create necessary boundaries Mm -hmm. for you to fully deliver in an excellent way (laughs) yeah yeah you're like please understand this (laughs) yeah
1: please like not just understand but like respect it like respect the system because it works
0: (laughs) yes wow so with that even now that you have a lovely system in place Mm -hmm. and um it seems to be working really really well what our challenges tend to evolve with us as we change and grow what has evolved for you in that area
1: Definitely some of like the SOPs that I set up for my team. And like, like obviously before I ran it as a system, the first month I was like, okay, like this is how everything's going to go. And then when you yeah. actually went to do it, I was like, oh, eh, this is missing. Oh, this doesn't work. Oh, like, like our rule is that content's delivered on the second Tuesday of the month. And then like the first of the month was a Monday. So the second of the ju- second Tuesday of the month ended up being only one week. Yeah, (laughs) You know, where if like it's any day after Tuesday, like if it's the Wednesday, then you have two weeks until there's a second Tuesday. And so I was like, okay, no, like the rule can't, it's like second Tuesday of the month or the 15th. (laughs) 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 There's an exception to this rule. And, you know, like that's where I was like, okay, like this is what happens when this comes up and like finding all of those exceptions to add into the SOPs and add into the automations like it wasn't a surprise but i was also like oh wait what that doesn't work <laughs> right
0: what do you well, mean contents do <laughs> have you been able to take those moments and did they first how did they land at first did it cause panic and then have you found a place where you can actually utilize those mistakes and go oh thank god for them
1: um like i i've just started with a project manager 2 months ago you know, mm-hmm. and so I was talking to her last week about setting up a January call of like what worked, what didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so I think in January, I'll have a better answer for that. But right now, I would say it's definitely been like I set up my SOPs and was kind of like, okay, like they're done, they're good. And now I'm like, okay, no, like this needs to be adjusted. This needs to be adjusted. Now that we've run this automation for a month, I don't like the wording people are being confused by what we're saying, you know, so it's like changing the, the, the scripted answers to things like changing the way we communicate in Slack, the way we assign things in Asana, like everything's, everything has room to be adjusted, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, so what do you see now going forward for you now that you have, you have a team around you? Mm -hmm. Um, What do you, what do you want for your business?
1: To scale it. And I think like, it's been good because I had some steady, consistent clients for a long time. Yeah. And now we're like bringing in more people and new people. Right. And so it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like with the the clients that had been with me for two years, I was like, okay, if something goes wrong, like, I don't feel any pressure because you know me, you trust me. Like, you know, this is all good. Like I'll figure it out. I'll fix it. But like, when you have like brand new people coming in and you're like, Oh, sorry, my, like everything I said was going to happen, isn't happening. Like I, that's again, like back to like, I don't want someone to have a bad experience with me. I want them to be happy. I want them to be satisfied with the work we deliver. And so I'm glad like we've been kind of running this system now for a full quarter yeah, And it's like now going into Q1 and I've got like new clients lined up and it's like, I can see that the system is scalable where mm-hmm. like before I was like, I don't really know my capacity. I don't yeah. really know how many people we can handle and manage because it's like half the things are in my brain. <laughs> like how can we like keep up with all these moving pieces? And now it's like, no, okay. So like everything is, everything is like categorized that I can bring in more people. And it gets assigned to the clients or sorry, it gets assigned to the team members and Mm -hmm. it can keep going that way until the team members reach their capacity. And then it's like, okay, I can either raise the prices and stop or stop taking clients or I can bring on another team member for that same role and have like two people working in that, you know? And so it's like, I feel like I have such a clearer view of my business Mm
0: -hmm.
1: now that I have like
0: clear systems. (laughs) Funny how that works, huh? <laughs> yeah, crazy how that works. <laughs> well, it's beautiful how you now have it laid out so that you can grow and scale, um, you know, with the team and what you're doing and how you're serving. What does that look like for you as far as changing um parts of yourself to grow alongside the business?
1: I feel like for the first time in easily like a year, mm-hmm. I've actually had like the mental space and the energy to actually market my business have the sales calls like do the marketing and sales part which technically is like my only job but it was yeah. like for so long I was like had my hands in everything and didn't give myself the time and so then anything I would put out would be like not very good you know like <laughs> nothing yeah. was converting nothing was working and then that creates all this frustration and the stress and so it's like mm-hmm. I feel like you know, like the systems are in place, the agency is growing. And as the agency can like self-manage almost, like I'm able to show up so much more on my emails and on podcasts and on socials. And so then like more clients, more names, like more referral, like it's just like going and going. And so it's like, it feels great (laughs) to have like, to have my brain space back, even though, you know, and it's like, now I know, like, if it's booked out, like I said, I can either raise the prices, hire more team members, but I can even just like let the money come and take some time off, like yeah. actually have time off without any
0: problems. And Go to the beach. Yeah, always go I'd to the beach. But
1: maybe like always. take an actual vacation, like leave my my area. That <laughs> uh,
0: yes, yes, exactly. Isn't that the point? Eventually, <laughs> us working for ourselves. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time and for what you've shared. I want to make sure people can easily find you. So, could you please share with our audience where you w- would like to direct them to? Okay.
1: <laughs> I like you have three <laughs> options. I have my website which is fellyday.com, Instagram which is FellydayBA, or my my podcast which is Felly's Fishbowl.
0: Oh, that is a great name. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Oh, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I just appreciate the the attention you gave to this. And yeah, it's been lovely.
1: Yeah, thank you. I think it was a good conversation. <laughs>
0: good. Hey, Katie.
1: Yeah, Mark. Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end.
0: Yay, you.
1: So what happens next?